Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Train Smart podcast for medical educators, where we have authentic conversations about med device training successes, failures, and best practices. I'm your host, Liz Cumby. In this week's episode, Rachel and I will be reflecting on our conversation with Dr. Desai about physician education. Let's start with a short snippet from that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of an unfair advantage, and I would always encourage people to use unfair advantages to their benefit. And so the peer-to-peer relationship, you know, being a physician or being, you know, let's call it speaking a clinical language, is always going to give you a little bit of a lever that confides trust in folks that you've taken the time to understand, you know, what you're talking about. So there's kind of a built-in integrity and transparency there. So that provides a bond or a connection that allows you to still make meaningful discussions in in a virtual environment. And it's funny, I don't even think about it now, but there are many people that I'm working with in a really intimate way with respect to what we're trying to get accomplished that I've only ever met virtually in the last couple of years. And so it's, it's not a barrier, but I think if you bring your whole self and, you know, there's sort of a couple key words that I think about in physician communications, which that transcends education, but it's kind of at the core. It's just, you know, humility, transparency, and intelligence. And, and if you can keep those three things combined, you're going to make a connection. And it's just up to you on how you establish the cadence of that connection to make sure that it's furtive for what, what you're trying to get accomplished from an education perspective with that physician or, or their colleagues in that account. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Doing good. So we're talking today about facilitating authentic peer-to-peer physician discussions. That is something that um, if we had the answer for all of this, it'd be amazing. And all of our products would be used on a regular basis. But uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Dr. Desai did a great job of talking a little bit about building rapport with a physician even before they get to training. But how do you develop a rapport with a physician during training, especially if you're a facilitator who doesn't have a relationship with that physician? What are some things you can do during the training to create that rapport? Great question. And we talked a little bit about this last week. It's being you, having a personality, not just keeping it just to the nuts and bolts of the education of, you know, here's the product, here's how you use it. It's really like treating the audience as if they're whole people and really getting them to engage in conversation early on. So before your training starts, you know, meeting one-on-one with certain individuals, talking to them. Some people actually will even call some of the attendees and just have a one-to-one say, hey, why are you attending the training? What what do you hope to get out of this? And developing that rapport early on really helps. Now, that may not be possible for all the trainings that you're running, but it may be helpful to identify three or four attendees who are coming to your training, give them a call, send them an email, maybe even a text if you have that relationship and say, what are you hoping to get out? How can I, how can we make sure that we're giving you what you need? And so much that will go so far because most of the physicians who are attending never really have that personal touch with the educators. Now with the reps they do, but with the educators, it's really difficult to do that. So starting off initially your training, making sure you're having those one-on-one conversations, I, I think is really critical. Even if they've had that question on the webinar sign up, for example, even just acknowledging at the beginning of the training, hey, we read your what you did, what you said when you signed up. And today we're going to be covering these points that you have identified and just making them feel heard and listened. I think listened to makes a huge difference. That just sparked my memory. So whenever we do a virtual training, 
we have them sign up uh, you know, via the webinar platform and we'll have a registration question. And the registration question that we always include is what are you hoping to gain out of this training? And a lot of them say the same thing. I want to learn the product. I want to learn something. But what we do is actually acknowledge that the beginning of training saying, we know some of you are here because you want to get this, this, and this answered. We will make sure that all of this stuff is done. So I, I forgot about that, but that's something that I think is um, really helpful. And it's a required question. So some people put one word, some people put sentences and that really helps set the tone. What about if you have a physician who's leading the conversation? They're the facilitator. They're there as a peer on the behalf of the company and engaging their peers in the training. What are your tips for a train the trainer when you have a physician who's going to be leading the, leading the training? How do you teach them to engage the audience? So physicians, I always like to remind them. So my, my physician facilitators that they need to speak from the mindset of that. They're the physician who was in the operating room. Their voice holds so much more credibility than for someone like myself who I've never done the procedure. And so I just remind them to talk about their personal experiences in the operating room and relaying that to the audience and using their stories, using their successes, using their learning experiences, all of that is what makes this training so much richer and giving them permission to do that, I think really allows them to kind of be more authentic to themselves. And I know that sounds like, duh, of course you're going to do that. But I really found that I have to verbally say that to my physician educators of please infuse your stories. Yes, we have the company line that we need to be training on, but also talk about what worked for you and what didn't work. Yeah. And that brings me to another thing that I love watching in physician peer-to-peer training is breakouts, right? And putting them into breakouts or just opening the conversation even to the group and hearing their stories of how, especially for advanced trainings, right? Where they've done the procedure, they can share their own cases. What are some of your best practices for facilitating those breakout conversations between physicians, either for a, a training before their first case or an advanced training? I like to use the breakouts specifically for case discussions. When you have a large audience, and this is in person or virtually, oftentimes the the physicians won't voice their opinion in large groups. They'll voice it in smaller groups. And so what I like to do is give a controversial case and say, okay, now what would you do? How would you treat this patient and why? Now talk about it with your group of three, group of four. And then what I'll do is select an individual from each of the groups afterwards to kind of discuss what the group discussed. And they generally come to the same conclusions, but sometimes not. But what that allows us to do is really see where they're coming from, from a mindset standpoint of, okay, are they seeing value in this product? Are they not seeing value? What type of patient are they treating? How would they have treated them differently? And so those breakout groups really allow for the physicians to voice themselves in a safe environment, very similar to what we do for our reps. Um, we think because they're physicians that they're going to be more engaged and, you know, really want to voice their opinion. But the truth is like, they all have their own way of doing things. And it's important for us to recognize that their ways works for them. And they may not necessarily want to voice that to everybody else. So creating that safe environment is really vital for the physicians as well as for the reps. And I think that also creates a lot of rapport between you as the trainer and the physician as well. When you are coming to them and saying, you are the expert, let me hear from you. Let me hear what your thoughts are on this case and bringing out those points this way, that way and letting them do the teaching. 
hundred percent. And we learn better informally than formally and having those small peer-to-peer discussions with physicians allows them to make their own opinions rather than the company saying, this is what you should be doing and why you should be doing it. Because with most of the companies that we work with, they know they have a great product, but the physicians have to figure out why it's a great product. The, the company saying it's not necessarily going to do anything. Seeing a couple of patients successful with it, that's going to do something. Talking to other physicians that have had successes, that's going to do something. So what do you do to build rapport with your physicians? How do you make sure that your physician attendees and your physician faculty are able to really create long-lasting relationships with the product as well as with the company? Thank you for joining us for this week's Train Smart podcast, where we have authentic conversations about med device training successes, failures, and best practices. Want to continue the conversation? Join our Train Smart community at cumbyconsulting.com or by messaging me at Liz Cumby on LinkedIn. Help others find us by subscribing via your favorite podcast software and leave a rating and review in iTunes. <laughs>